This is Made in Montana News from the Treasure State Radio Network. I'm Jay Scott. The Missoula School Board has decided that the Missoula County Public School System will not reopen for the remainder of the academic year, saying the risk outweighed the benefits of returning to class. After last week's recommendations from Superintendent Rob Watson, the board voted to finish the school year in remote learning, and the district will begin making plans for next fall. According to Watson, quote, the potential risks far outweigh the short-term benefits of reopening. Watson detailed a number of challenges that would come with reopening schools. He said under state guidelines, the district would be required to provide seating charts to maintain safe distancing and aid in contact tracing if needed. The district would also be required to screen all students at all schools every day as they entered the building. That would mean the district would have to hire trained personnel capable of providing that screening and to provide those individuals with personal protective equipment. Watson said, quote, we have a lack of trained medical staff to cover every building. Watson says staying with remote learning for the rest of the year comes with some new costs, such as providing lunches from school buses and setting up hotspots across the city to provide all students with access to remote learning. Helena Christian school officials say that that school will continue remote learning for the rest of the scheduled academic year. According to Superintendent Ted Clark, the final day of school this is for Helena Christian again, will be May 22nd, but Clark hopes educators hope to finish as much schoolwork as possible by May 15th. The last week of school before May 22nd will allow small groups of children and their families to come into buildings to clean out lockers, pick up belongings, and participate in school end-of-year awards ceremonies. The schedule will be determined by grade level. Clark says graduation for the school's seven seniors has been a major priority, so they, quote, desperately want to have a normal graduation. Currently, the graduation plan is to have a virtual recognition of the class of 2020 on May 15th. A regular graduation ceremony is scheduled for June 29th and will be held if possible. Some day use and multi-purpose recreational facilities around Fort Peck Reservoir have reopened. The opening applies to all U.S. Army Corps of Engineer managed sites and multi-use recreation sites near Fort Peck Dam, including Kiwanis Park. However, the Fort Peck Interpretive Center, Downstream Campground, and West End Campground remain closed, and reservations for camping and group use shelters are not being accepted at this time. In keeping with Governor Steve Bullock's directives, the public is asked to adhere to Montana guidelines for quarantine. Gatherings of more than 10 people should be avoided. Frequent hand washing or sanitizing is strongly recommended. Last week, we reported to you that the city of Anaconda has reached a deal with Atlantic Richfield Company to clean a century's worth of smelter contamination. It's 40 years coming, said Anaconda Chief Executive Bill Everett. The deal will include more than $100 million in the cleanup of arsenic and lead contamination from yards and attics in the city over the next five years. 
The agreement also provides Anaconda with about $29 million over the next 25 years. The city wants to invest up to $10 million in that revitalization money to build a Best Western Hotel. Quote, we want to be more of a tourist-type attraction. We've got a lot of great things to offer, but we don't have the hotel facilities to accommodate that. That's according to Chief Executive Bill Everett. Park managers say the Yellowstone and Grand Teton National Parks will see staged openings with reduced services, a focus on visitor and worker safety, and fewer seasonal employees. Zantera Travel Collection, Yellowstone's primary concessionaire and the operator of most hotels and campgrounds in the park, wants to begin operations by mid-June. Rick Honinghausen, the director of sales and marketing for Zantera, says that guest lodging will be limited at first to campgrounds and cabins that include bathrooms. Hotels will not reopen. Honinghausen told the Park County Travel Council he expects campgrounds run by Zantera to operate as they usually have, with a special focus on cleaning shared restroom facilities. He said Mammoth Hot Springs will open on June 15th, Yellowstone Lake June 17th, and Canyon opening June 19th. Lodging will be limited to cabins and cottages at first, he said, but if conditions change down the road and we're in position to open more services, we'll look into doing that. At Grand Teton, there will be cabin rentals, but there are no plans to open Jackson Lake Lodge or Jenny Lake Lodge. While Zantera will likely continue boat rentals, bicycle rentals at Mammoth and other options, such as group tours in enclosed vehicles, are not on the early summer agenda. Honighausen says he's still waiting for guidance from the National Park Service, but said enforcing social distancing on the boardwalks around Old Faithful Geyser would be difficult and unlikely. The Park Service has not yet publicly discussed final details, but visitor centers, clinics, and other key facilities are expected to be in operation when the park opens. Sit-down dining is not expected to be an option, at least in early summer. Grab-and-go food will be offered instead. Tourism officials say with Park Hotel and other major facilities closed, and other hotels expecting significant cancellations, poor lodging tax collections this year will make it tougher to market the region next year. And some worry that tourists from foreign and major metropolitan markets might cause a spike in coronavirus cases taxing rural health care systems. For the first time in 15 years, the state of Montana is rewriting its elk management plan and Montana Fish, Wildlife, and Parks is forming an advisory committee. Montana first wrote the plan in 1992 and last updated it in 2005. It is a 400-page document which covers the state's strategy for managing elk with diverse land ownerships, habitats, and the role of hunting providing some challenges. Lindsay Parsons, FWP's Deer and Elk Coordinator, says since 2005, many changes have happened in the state. Land use has changed, populations, and where they occur. Large carnivore recovery in the state, so lots of things have happened that affect elk populations and habitat 
but also our ability to harvest them. The current plan covers 44 elk management units with population goals called objectives that FWP believes the units can support. The goal is to maintain healthy herds and habitat and deal with conflicts and damage to private land. Populations in some part of Montana grew well above objectives in recent years, and FWP had to introduce shoulder seasons in an effort to bring those populations down. Parsons, writing an elk plan with so many interests to consider as di in a diverse place in Montana, well, says it's difficult. She says FWP is essentially starting at ground zero with no preconceptions about what the final plan will be. Parsons says most Montanans want elk and good habitat, but hunters and wildlife watchers want higher numbers of elk Ranchers want lower number due to game damage and competition for livestock. To begin, FWP is soliciting membership applications for a 10 to 12 person advisory committee. Applicants may be members of organizations or the general public, as long as they have an interest in elk management and are open and willing to listen to and engage with other members. As we told you last week, a federal judge on Friday canceled nearly 300 oil and gas leases in Montana because government officials failed to study properly the risks of drilling to the environment and water supply. Three residents and two environmental groups sued in 2018, saying the Bureau of Land Management didn't consider the risks of shallow hydraulic fracturing on groundwater or the cumulative effects of adding hundreds of drilling sites to the landscape. The suit says the government also did not consider the lease's effects on the release of greenhouse gases and climate change. In a harshly worded ruling, U.S. District Judge Brian Moore sided with the plaintiffs. He said BLM officials didn't study what they were supposed to under environmental laws before going ahead with the lease sales, Morris wrote, quote, The court does not fault BLM for providing a faulty analysis. It largely faults BLM for failing to provide any analysis. The judge continued, A weatherman proves unhelpful if he says it's going to be windy tomorrow when asked if it will rain, Morris wrote in his ruling. BLM proved just as unresponsive here. He said they cited irrelevant findings in their environmental reviews to answer the plaintiff's allegations. The leases challenged in the lawsuit include land adjacent to the Upper Missouri River Breaks National Monument, parcels along the Beartooth Mountains and the town of Livingston, and along the Tongue River Valley near the Wyoming state line. You have perhaps seen pictures from areas in the east and west on the internet showing improvements in the air, particularly less smog created by automobile traffic during the coronavirus pandemic's travel restrictions. Montana officials say Montana's air isn't seeing any significant improvement because it was already good and it remains that way. Quote, we've been looking at this out of curiosity, but we're not seeing any appreciable improvement. That's according to Doug Coonsley, ambient air quality monitoring supervisor for the Montana Department of Environmental Quality. 
NASA satellite measurements have drawn significant reductions in air pollution in Los Angeles and the Washington, D.C. to Boston corridor and in densely populated areas of India. If you need to hear this report again, please check our podcast on anchor.fm, j-scott, or check the Treasure State Radio or KGRT-DB webpages. And if you need more coronavirus information, check our website and web stream for Charles Hawes reports on all coronavirus-related activities. Made in Montana News is heard on the Treasure State Radio Network, including KMEH 100.1 FM in Helena, Elkhorn Mountain Radio in Jefferson County, Homegrown Radio in Bozeman, King West Radio in Billings, and ResCast Radio on the Fort Peck Reservation. That podcast that we mentioned is now heard on six continents with listeners in 15 foreign countries. That's Made in Montana News. I'm Jay Scott. This is the Treasure State Radio Network.